yeah, we've started reading. So every Lent, we read through like these child, the children's Bibles. Mm, mm-hmm. And so we have this one where it's like the most vanilla version of a Bible story you could possibly like, take <laughs> a Bible story and, and bring it down into like three sentence story. And yeah, but then it has a question at the end, which is one of the reasons why we read it. We like it because it says, okay, well, what is something that God has helped you with? Or, you know, has some sort of question in context. Right. And, you know, my oldest is sharp. She listens, you know, and so she can answer the questions or, or come up with something. My youngest is in that mode to where everything is an opportunity for her to tell a story. <laughs> and so, like, our our reading times went from, you know, like 10 minutes to like 30 minutes because they'll be like, well, what is something that God has helped you with? Well, one time when I was walking and my sister did this and and you're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> this, and then you get to the end of the story and you're like, that didn't have anything to do with the question. Like you were just waiting for an opportunity to talk. Like you knew there was a question coming up. And eventually there's a point where like, it was a question about wisdom. I was like, do you know what wisdom means? And she's like, no. okay so you gave us a really long answer you didn't even know what it meant like it's okay to just say i don't know but that that's too few words for her so well and there's uh, also the fact that like adults struggle to just say that so (laughs) well you see what you've got to think about with this is um and then if you consider this so you you have no idea no no i don't well well yeah that's that's about right yeah (laughs) Ah, uh, it's it's good. Like I, I'm I'm glad that we're engaging with them with the Bible, but it, it's it's exhausting for me. <laughs> I'm not good at it, man. I'm just not good at it. So anyway, that's how my time has been going. How have you been going? I've been pretty good. So we uh, we're one week away from spring break. So looking nice. forward to that. Having that week to kind of you know theoretically relax, but. Uh, at the same time, I keep looking at, like, there's a really long list of things I ought to get done during that week. And uh, I'm trying to actually put it into a list form so that maybe mm-hmm. for once I'll actually do something about it. As opposed to finding myself on Friday being like, oh, yeah, I was going to do this, this, and this. Yeah. But uh, yeah. we'll see. I, I don't know. Build it, build it out, man. Be like... I'm going to do this one task, and then I'm going to do this one specific relaxation thing. See, that's you a know, good like, way to approach it, too. Then you is... can reward your task with a relaxation. Exactly. So, like said, once I have done this on, you know, Monday. Well, I mean, Monday I'm going up with my, my folks. We're going to do a, uh, a train ride. So, basically, every year for Christmas, we like to... We've kind of stopped doing the gifts thing because none of us are good at waiting till Christmas. And so if there's something that we wanted, we probably bought it already. Yep. Um, But so what we tend to do is like they'll get tickets to some thing and I'll do dinner and that'll be kind of our our Christmas gift to each other. We're a few months behind on this one, but, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. so that's what we're doing on Monday. But so like for Tuesday set, like I'm going to finally go get my oil changed so that that stupid warning light will go away that's been on for (laughs) you know i i'm not quite at the point where if i had gotten an oil change when i was originally supposed to i'd be having the light come on again uh but i'm not as far away from that as i ought to be (laughs) like it's it's not inconceivable that if i don't do it during this spring break that i will hit that point so yeah gotta get that taken care of that's a big one yeah you know, do that. Uh, I need to, like, give my, my bedroom, like, a thorough cleaning out. Like, it's oh, kind of nice. one of those things. I've let, you know, a couple of things pile up here or there to the point where it's like, okay, you know what? Honestly, I'm I'm starting to get a little disgusted with myself. Um, so, it adds that like so much stress to your life, too. Like, you don't realize it, but it's like... The, it's like when you have, like you were talking about last week, how like the, with the accreditation, like this, the little mm-hmm. bit that adds up over, it's like that with your space does it to your brain. So like, I just cleaned yes. my office this weekend and I'm like, I don't want to let my kids in here. I don't want to let anything happen in here because it's finally organized. But the problem with it being organized is now I see all the dust. So right. now the, the dust was all covered before and now exactly. Exactly. I can see it. Dang it. Well, and like for me, it's one of those things where I think what 
has kind of set me off is in terms of it being, okay, you know what? Nope. This is going to drive me nuts now is there have been a couple of times where like I stepped down and I'm on like a piece of paper, like a, an envelope that I had opened and read what was in it. And the envelope is still here on the ground or something like that. And it's just one of those things like not having an easy place to put my feet down is just one of those like kind of constant <laughs> annoyances. Um, yep. Yep. And it, it just, again, like it, it's not like, you know, I don't want to give people the wrong impression if you're listening to this. I mean, I know it's a weird thing for me to be, like concerned with, but I yeah, don't want not going to be a thinking, hallmark hoarder or anything. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's, it's not like, uh, it does not look like someone cut open one of those black garbage bags and just dumped it over my floor. It's just, it's one of those things where like when I'm getting dressed in the morning and I like kick something like some small piece of trash, I'm like, Oh gosh. And so I, you know, like, like you said, pick a task a day to do. And then also kind of plan out, um, what I'm going to do as kind of my, my treat to myself afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important too, because, uh, and this was a topic for another day, cause it's a really full one potentially, but like that, and we've kind of talked about it a little bit in the past too, but there's a difference between like leisure and relaxation and yeah. idleness. And yeah. I, I am very, very prone to idleness. Like I can, turn on a TV series and just all of a sudden be like binging for four or five hours. Mm, yeah. And it's different if like you've decided, Hey, I'm going to do a marathon on this show today or something where it's like intentional and like as a special occasion thing. But yeah, I am, it is really, really easy for me to just get totally sedentary. And so I think you're right. Yeah. That's what I'll do. I'll, uh, I'll take my my prep period at school tomorrow and kind of map yeah. out my day by day plan for for next week. Yeah, because I'm I'm the opposite of you. Like I'm anxious, so what I'll end up doing is I'll be I'll be a busybody the whole week mm. and never and never rely. And I'll go back from my week off more tired than I was when I went in. So like, <laughs> hey, I have to actually like plan exact like plan time to to disconnect. Otherwise, I'll screw up, and I'll just be like. Okay, well, I've been sitting for five seconds. I need to go do something else. And, and <laughs> uh, but anyway, oh, aren't we a wonderful mess? Oh, All right. constantly. Let's hit an intro and jump into it. Welcome to the podcast, Blue Collar Scholars. Not long ago, a group of brilliant minds met together at a pub to discuss their unfinished works. They recognized the value of coming together around delicious beverages and having meaningful conversations. That group was known as the Inklings. The Inkle Do podcast here, we're working to be the second iteration of that group. So pour yourself a craft beverage, pull up a chair, and join the conversation. All right, man, you had anything uh, good recently? Um, I mean, lots of good things, but nothing in particular on, like, beverages. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, so for, for Lent, I am not having any alcohol. And so it's been a lot of water and uh, our coffee for me. Yeah. Um, just about out of that, by the way, side note for, mm. for afterwards, I'll have to put it in an order for something. Um, but the, uh, that's pretty much been it. Honestly, I, I want to start actually though. Uh, I do live in an area with some decent little, you know, lots of good taco stands and things, but I, there's a couple of places that I've driven past and kind of seen, as like a coffee spot that I think I'm going to try and start hitting some of those in the morning on my way to school or maybe as a weekend treat to myself or something nice. uh, Yeah. to try and, cause I do, I, I have missed honestly that. Um, and again, this is not a Lenten thing. This is something that had started to be kind of a part of my reality for a few weeks anyway. Uh, but I have missed the, like intentional trying of different things and different flavors. Mm. Like I had gotten kind of busy and stopped going to, to Kings to get my build your own sixer and things like that. Yep. And I really have, I've definitely missed that like small little treat to myself of being like, you know what? I'm going to intentionally do something different and think about what it is I'm actually having. Yeah. 
That's what, I like that about highlights too. That was kind of like my binge. Like when we would schedule highlights, mm-hmm. I, we would go do interviews at all these different places, and so we could go try these new places along with having the conversation. So it was uh, like got a plethora of new things at that time. But I was gonna say like I was half making gonna make a joke, but then I'm like, well, that might actually be a good idea. But I was like. Because it's Lent, like you should do like a weekly fish fry review. Like, oh, where are, you, where are you going for your fish fry this week? There we go. That might not be a bad way to do it. Are you a, are you a fish fry guy? I or do. Really, I, I, I do like them in general. Um, okay, it's you know it's one of those things. Like everything else, it's been a couple of years. Um, so like I, I obviously I didn't go to. I think I went to like one last year. Uh, and not a dang one the year before that, because that was right at the start mm-hmm. of the COVID shutdowns. Oh, um, yeah. but so what do you do on Fridays then? What do you mean? That like, aren't you not allowed to eat meat on Fridays? Uh, fish or, is acceptable. Or, right. So you just have... Oh, so if I'm not going to the fish fries, you mean? Right, right. Yeah, just in, like gotcha. in general. Sorry. Like, yeah. I, yeah, when I was saying fish fry, like not necessarily like the church parking lot fish fry, but like... Uh... <laughs> Got you. Sorry. How are you getting through Lent? Well, so uh, on the on the don't try this at home list, uh, one of the things that tended to happen a lot is the there's a a Taco Bell very close to me. And it's like, you know what? I can get a few a couple of bean burritos and like one of the quesadillas and call it good. Uh, Okay, okay. But yeah, like it honestly. So for me, the kind of fallbacks for. Uh, Lenten Fridays tend to be Mexican food and Italian food because both of them have some pretty good options that are still meatless. You know, like I can, I can do Mm -hmm. pasta and Alfredo sauce and be just fine. You know, would I rather have it with some chicken or some shrimp thrown in there? Of course. And shrimp you still could technically, but I just can't afford to do that very often. That's a different question. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That that's more of a financial requirement (laughs) rather than a a Lenten fast thing. Um, But yeah, like, you know, a a nice cream sauce or, you know, I mean, I'm not a big fan in general of now, granted, it's probably because I'm normally doing marinara out of a can, but marinara Mm. without some kind of sausage or something in it, I'm not huge on, but uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like so Mexican food with the with beans and cheese, I can do most I can get through most Fridays and then on the pasta and, you know, meatless sauce side, I can do pretty well as well. Um, but yeah, fish and chips are always a nice thing. OK, yeah, yeah. And you're how far away from George and Dragon are you? Oh, uh, let's see. So that's on like that's central. central. That's like my brophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So probably uh not not terribly far uh i would also so i've been to um i've been to georgian dragon and i've done rosie mccaffrey's on like 10th and camelback is like Mm -hmm. kind of a midway point in between where i'm at and where georgian dragon is uh and so like they used to be pretty good and then for a couple years they were pretty bad and then i was talking to someone who said that they're pretty good again so i have no idea I could totally um, see them being something like that. Like, depending on the chef they hire, it could just totally go to crap for a while. And yeah. Then... Well, and it's also, it's kind of one of those places where uh, it went through definitely some highs and lows of being a very, like, cool spot to be. And so when things are going really, really well, then you start to get a little bit busy and maybe standards start to slip a little bit and then you get less busy. And so, yeah. I, but regardless, you know, and I really do actually, I will say, I love you can find a lot of the churches that get super freaking competitive about having a great fish fry. Uh, I've never been to one. Really? Oh, I never have. Yeah. Yeah. I. uh, So when I used to work out at uh, St. Thomas Aquinas out in Avondale here, and uh, this is not telling tales on anyone because the pastor who it's a different pastor now than from when I was there. Obviously, it's been a while, but uh, like. I loved it, man. The The priest, uh, may he rest in peace, he passed away a couple of years ago, but he was super into it being a top shelf fish fry. And <laughs> so like one of the things I, I loved when the, the teens were there 
helping serve and everything as part of it because that meant I was there for multiple plates full. And I was not <laughs> mad about that even a little bit because at the time I was working part time and making like 10 bucks an hour. And it's like, oh, this mm-hmm. is really good. And I get to just go ahead and keep munching. This is ideal. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a pretty heavy Hispanic area over there, too. So, like, I I expected the the fish to be really good. Like, over there, like, I, I just expected that. Yeah. I could totally see it. Like, because we lived not just shy of that. Like, our first house was just a little bit over there. And, yeah, it makes total sense to me, man. Like, I would be like, that would be the place to go. Mm-hmm. For sure. For yeah. sure. Hmm. How about you, man? You had anything exciting? Um, not really. Uh, we're still peeling back some of the stuff that we got from Oceanside. Um, mm-hmm. I tried one mm-hmm. called Salty Crew, and I was like, "Oh, that's an interesting name." I'm out here and by the salt water. I'll be salty, and I got it. And turns out it was um, brewed by by Coronado Brewing. Which was a little bit of a bummer because I'm not a big fan of Coronado Brewing. Ah, uh, just yeah, they they it's their stuff is okay, but it it's it's just it's super carbonated and and it's funny because like everybody like everybody's like what that's silly and they drink it and everybody's like Brr! you're know, like okay mm-hmm. see exactly this <laughs> this ho- normal house just became like a frat boy party and just because of this one thing and and so the taste is good it was a good beer it was would have been good for summer. Um, but again, it's just, it's, if you like Coronado brewing, you would like it, but I'm not a big fan of Coronado brewing. So I'll probably just hold on to it until, until times warm up. It was pretty, yeah. pretty light again, overcarbonated, um, a little sweet, you know, like it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It would be a great summer beer. Great mowing the lawn beer. Yeah. Um, but uh, when you're outside and you can burp to your heart's content. Exactly. And I don't got to worry about anything. Exactly. exactly. Right. Too exactly. much air to really pollute with that. Oh man! All right, so we have well, we said this like it was a couple of days, a couple of episodes ago, wasn't it? When we decided to do Saints, yeah, it was when we were talking about uh, Saint Paul. Paul and kind of like how his story and who he is still shows up and shapes. Like it's the Holy Spirit, but it's also with human authors and how. Uh, we were looking at his story and we kind of were like, oh, you know what? We should take a look at some other ones then too. Yeah. And so, like, if you're going to talk about Paul, the next big logical one would be to talk about Peter, right? Because he's mm-hmm. kind of the, well, he's the, probably should have done it in reverse, but that's just not how it worked out. But, <laughs> like, like Peter's kind of El Jefe, right? Like, he's kind of right. uh, kind of a, a big deal. So we should probably talk about him to some degree. Sure, absolutely. At least, you know, so. Well, and I, it's not a coincidence that the two kind of get paired together. Like even in some of Paul's writings, he'll talk about, mm-hmm. you know, how Peter is for the Jews and Paul is for the Gentiles. Like mm-hmm. they, they kind of had, you know, Paul was still under Peter's authority. Uh, like he still goes back to Jerusalem and is having these councils with the other apostles and things like that. And Peter is kind of the big dog. But at the same time, it wasn't like a subservience thing either. They, mm-hmm. There was uh, an understanding kind of that they, they shared a mission, but they were working in different mission fields, mm-hmm. uh, I think is probably right. the best way to phrase it. Um, but you do end up with kind of a weird situation where for all of their having different fields that they're working in and all of this kind of stuff they both get martyred in the same place. Like both of them end up being martyred in Rome. Uh, leads to, I think I realized Peter was martyred in Rome. Yeah. Well, so like I knew that there's a, uh, kind of a cool thing. One of the major churches, um, in the Roman area is St. is called St. Paul's outside the wall. Mm-hmm. And like the reason for that is because, uh, well, you've got the uh, you've got St. Peter's, obviously, in Vatican City, and there's kind of this like longstanding tradition of, you know, the apostles being patrons of different cities. And so since Peter was already in Rome, St. Paul's 
Basilica, St. Paul's uh, kind of main church, is built technically outside the walls of Rome. <laughs> yeah, we, di- we didn't get to see, when we went to Rome, we didn't get to see that that one. We saw the one where they believed it was Paul's chains. Mm. Um, like, so the but, prison he was kept in. Yeah, yeah. well, the, they had moved them, I think, so they were, like, in, like, a, in a church somewhere. Oh, okay, uh, gotcha. Yeah, it wasn't, we didn't get to go see outside the wall. And, yeah, I knew the tradition about Peter being, or about uh, Vatican being, it, it's technically supposed to be, like, built on top of Peter's grave, right? Yeah, yeah, in fact, it, like, so, uh, St. Peter's Basilica is, like, I think... Mm, I'm going to get myself in trouble when I could really just pull out my phone and do a quick look and edit, but not going to do that. Yeah, no, not going to. But I think the current St. Peter's Basilica is like the the second or third church that's been built there. So like it was the like the church in the catacombs where they met around St. Peter's tomb. And then there was a church built on top of it. And then, uh, Eventually, as city planning kind of worked back then, mm-hmm. uh, you just sort of build on top. And so yeah, it's when the really weird when when that church kind of fell apart, well, OK, well, we'll we'll build another one right here. So the old one kind of becomes the foundation for the new. Mm. Um, OK, yeah, no, we we went to one church there where you literally walk downstairs and they're like, OK, you're in modern day Italy you walk down a flight of stairs and they're like, okay, you're in 1200 AD. You walk <laughs> yeah. down a little bit. Okay, you're in 60 AD. Yep. Like, uh, how did that happen? And, and like, so you're just going down in time as you go yeah. down these stairs. It was, it was bonkers. But as you said that, I was like, oh, that totally makes sense because we experienced it. They, it's right on top of each other. They just kept building on top. I don't, I don't know how that worked, but it did. Yeah, apparently. I mean... It's kind of one of those things where I feel like, um, you know, in probably back on the East Coast, you can still see some of some stuff like this, like in New York City and things like that, mm-hmm. where, you know, but it's just I think we've grown up. Phoenix is really a new city. And Very. so we haven't been here long enough for like a section of the city to basically collapse. And then, well, but we still need to use this land. It's still the convenient spot. So I guess we'll just build mm-hmm. on top of it. Um, but yeah, like that is one of the really cool things that I would love to see in Europe is like, they just have so many millennia of history of people kind of being in the same spot. Mm -hmm. So it is really kind of cool to just see literally the layer cake of history. Yeah. It, it's super neat. Um, but yeah, so it was, uh, yeah, they didn't, we didn't, I mean, like when you're there, they talked about all, all the artists and stuff like that. So we didn't really sure. get they didn't give a whole lot of history on on Peter and our and our tour guide of Vatican City, but it was you know, clearly that's kind of the rock that the church is built on. Like that's mm-hmm. one of part of the tradition that it's there and he's kind of uh because he's named Peter, right? The rock that we'll yep. build the church on. And you know, like I I I like Peter um because for me, he, he kind of represents me a little bit in that it's he's like the extremes. And so like I'm I'm hoping that like Peter's journey or my journey is similar and I'm like somewhere at that middle point to where he's he's like all in, he's super extreme, but then it comes up and then he denies him, so he like kind of falls away, but he's still <laughs> kind of embarrassed, but so like he's extreme when God is there. God kind of like steps back a little bit and then he his courage kind of breaks. And he has to ask for forgiveness, and then his courage like doubles, and then he's known for being. Um, isn't the tradition that he was crucified upside down, not wanting to be crucified yes. in the same manner as Christ? Like that's yep. the tradition. So like he was, his his courage. The guy that denied Christ three times was also the one that took it uh, amongst many martyrs. Sure, but I mean like his courage didn't break that second time. No. And so that's one of the things I really like about his story is that you see his failure, but then we also know that when Christ forgave him at that failure point, it it changed him mm-hmm. and he was different. Like his his ministry was different too, you know, like beforehand, he's carrying a sword and chopping a dude's ear off, right? <laughs> like 
you're like, simmer down there, Turbo. You know, like we've all been crazy like that when we were that close to Jesus. But then when he goes after he's kind of forget, and I guess my forgiveness point is when Jesus calls him to the boat and asks him, you know, feed my, do you love me three times? That's kind of the point where I'm like, that's really, that's his, um, his confession and his penance moment, in my opinion. And then after that point, he's different. He's now a preacher now and he goes around and he speaks. So like, he's not carrying a sword anymore. He's not like, he's, he's a different person after that point. Because it's like he realized something different and is now different because of it. Yeah, I mean, I think Peter is, I mean, he's definitely, he's one of my favorites uh, of all the saints. And I think it's because, so for me, uh, St. Paul is tough for me because he reminds me of myself. And Mm -hmm. St. Peter I love because I think he is kind of what I wish I were from that perspective of like that very human thing where I have a tendency to uh, compare my weaknesses to other people's strengths and vice versa, Mm. as opposed to like looking to the one-to-one stuff. But so St. Peter, St. Paul is very well educated and like he is a teacher of the law. Like he is, he is one of the like up and coming Pharisees. He mm-hmm. knows the stuff and can discuss it at length, but gets a bit caught up in his own words sometimes and like repeats himself three or four times in the same mm-hmm. sentence. And all of a sudden, you know, I was sharing an example from St. Paul with my students when we were discussing the sacrament of holy matrimony and Paul's thing where he's talking about how husbands are to love their wives and wives are to love their husbands. Um, and I was like, I, my favorite part is right here at the end where he just says, in any case, like even St. Paul in his writing is teaching the same way I do, where it's like all of a sudden some, something caught my attention and I followed this tangent for a little while. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But back to what I was saying. Whereas Peter, on the other hand, like Peter is a fisherman mm-hmm. and he is, you know, a faithful Jew but he's not one of the scribes like right he is you know he's a fisherman his job is to tend the nets to to go out make sure the boats are maintained you know he was apparently a pretty successful one and all that had multiple boats as part of his fleet and all of this and so he was really good at his job but like again he was not his his approach to Christ seems much more kind of direct and straightforward, which is what I love. Mm-hmm. And I think it's in part because it's so direct that his his highs are so incredibly clear highs. You know, mm-hmm. like that that scene right before Jesus says that his name will be Peter and on this rock he's going to build his church. The reason he's doing that is he's asking, you know, the, he's asking his followers who do the people say that I am? And in the gospel, it describes like, you know, and they said this and they gave all these different answers about who the people say that he is. And that's the easy question because you're just saying, what what have you heard from others? And then Jesus asks the tougher question, who do you say that I am? And it uh-huh. says, and then Peter spoke. And in my head, because I'm a teacher and I've seen this in my classroom on a regular basis, I feel like it's one of those things. I always picture it as, like Jesus asked that question, okay, so, but who do you say that I am? And the crowd just, they just sort of get quiet and they're all kind of looking at each other. And then Peter finally is like, well, you're the Messiah, the Christ. And Jesus says, you know, no human being has revealed this to you. Like, But again, it's Peter. He just said in like, at least in the translation, it's like three or yeah. four words, you know, in Hebrew, for all yeah. I know, it might've been one word, but like. Right. He, Pretty he matter of fact it, to just, him, though. Bam, there it is. Yeah. And that directness and his, like, complete and total lack of subtlety or, you know, nuance in a lot of what he says and how he approaches things has the very next passage being Jesus talking about how he's going to have to suffer and die. And Peter says, you know, no, Jesus, look, you got to stop talking like that. There's no way that's going to happen. And so just after he's been named the rock, He's also being told, get behind me, Satan. You mm-hmm. know, 
like or yeah. the the story it's on the like boat. The same, it's in the same passage, right? Oh, like it's in the it's same. Literally like... the next thing. <laughs> like I, if I love that. that if that you continue makes... reading the paragraph after Jesus says, "On this rock I will build my church," if you continue reading that next paragraph, it's and then open foot, insert mouth. You know, like and again, uh, Peter, and I... there's not because he's not being. Uh, He's not being careful about what he says. He's answering the questions. He's saying what he believes, and he's saying it right. very clearly. And, like, again, on the one hand, I really wish I could speak more simply and more plainly. On the other hand, I really hope I never have to hear Jesus say, get behind me, Satan. Right. Like, so... It, <laughs> well, really, also, if you think about it, like, Paul was approaching a lot of it from, like, a philosophical position. Right, because he he met Jesus after everything. Peter's looking Jesus in the face, and he's a Jew, so he's, you know, like I like he's thinking Jesus is literally going to be the king, not Rome anymore. Mm-hmm. Like he he's expecting a new David, a new like. So he's he's a a almost like a like he, he's he's so different. It's like so real to him, and so matter of factly because it's almost more like a. I'm not going to say military because Peter's not a military person, but it's like, it's, it's like that. Like, no, this is the person that we're following and, and you can't die because I have to follow you mm-hmm. We're here to fight. And like, this is real. Like we're going to throw down like type of a thing. It, it's not a philosophical for him. It, it's real life. No, we're going to go take over the world. And, and that's how it is. Yeah. And I think too, like, you know, Paul has, he has that advantage of of distance to a certain extent. Like, Jesus has already been crucified by the time Paul is, like, an adult and able to be involved. Like, the first time we see him is as a young man holding the cloaks while St. Stephen is being stoned to death. Like, so, the... G- Jesus as a possible earthly ruler is not a situation that Paul has to consider. Mm-hmm. Whereas for, like you said, for Peter, like it, it wasn't even something he was considering either. It was a given. Yeah, that was the expectation of the Messiah for mm-hmm. pre-Jesus, wasn't it? Yeah, largely. I mean, so uh, the there were some who were more convinced than others that it was going to be like a military uprising. So like we know... Uh, the Zealots. Yeah, the Zealots. And so we know that Judas, for example was a zealot um and so like there peter isn't described as being in that camp and again kind of makes sense peter was a you know he was a practical man like i don't think i don't think peter was necessarily giving big picture stuff a lot of thought prior to you know i i think you're right to pick the turning point as being that do you love me three times with him um and i think from that point on when Peter is being tasked with feeding his sheep, you know, with being the shepherd that we start to see Peter's leadership making kind of that transition from being the one who always has to have something to say. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, that's what gets him in trouble or, or has him making a fool of himself at the transfiguration. Like Jesus is up there glowing, radiant white talking to Moses and Elijah and Peter, God bless him. This is one of the things he and I do have in common. <laughs> oh, well, someone's got to say something. Oh, let's I build, build a tent? tents for him. <laughs> well, well, like, we're going to build you guys three tents. We've got this. You guys just go ahead and keep having your conversation. Like, I know you're Am I being heaven, helpful, Jesus? Like, would a tent be, be nice? Like, I, yeah. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, like, that's one of the things that he and I have in common. But, like, you see, he moves from that into... You know, like at Pentecost, he's coming out and he speaks, but in response. Right. Like he's out there preaching alongside all of the others who have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. But when people start to try and be dismissive of it, saying, oh, don't worry, it's just because they're drunk. drunk." Yeah. Uh, Like then it's Peter who steps forward and says, no, 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 no. Don't get this twisted. Let me make this clear. Or... Mm -hmm. You know, Peter's the one who gets the, like, he goes to the Roman's house and like, you know, kind of 
paving the way for some of the the Gentile conversions and everything as well. Mm-hmm. When he has that vision, you know, of God saying, "Do not say that what the Lord has made is unclean." Uh, right. And, but it's all now in response. He's not. He's not asserting. He's answering. Right. You know what? That's a that's a good point too. Because it also at that the Pentecost sermon is he quotes a lot of scripture, which mm-hmm. I don't remember. You know, like of course, like during the Gospels, you're you're hearing Jesus. The focus is on Jesus, not on what the other people preached. But like, yeah, you don't you don't picture Peter being a lot of well, you know, no, this is a fulfillment of this and this and this. And you're like. And that and that speech is where I really felt like Peter was very different in that speech compared to you know the Peter that we saw who is uh, brash or willing to jump in to do who needed to do something physical yeah. like like he needed to build a tent or he needed to cut a dude's ear off or like he needed <laughs> I'm I'm sticking on that part I know no, like no, no, I hear you, to, man. like I, I love it to do something physically like it was like a, his response was physical and then in Pentecost he's like. No, it's like you said, a response and it's more of a response to spirit than it is to the physical. And so he responds to their, you know, um, dismissal with quoting scripture. And this is why you should not dismiss it because scripture told you all of these things. Mm -hmm. But then he also, but he's still very direct. And because, and this is fresh for me because I'm reading Acts and that was exactly the piece that I read last night. And at the end of his speech, he says, which is of Jesus, who you crucified. Mm-hmm. And it's, it wasn't like who was crucified. It was like, no, no, this is who you crucified. And so he's still very direct. But like you said, in response, and I think it's more of response to spirit than to the physical need to do something. Well, and I think like that's also kind of one of those cool evidences of the idea of grace building on nature. Like the way God is calling Peter. Yeah, there's obviously something being added. This scriptural emphasis, this fiery preaching. Um, but it's still Peter who's speaking, which is why, yeah, look, don't don't forget, you you did this. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, all of you are also responsible for it. And but at the same time, like as direct as he is with that, he's also just as direct when, when they like start to call out, like, what must we do? Easy. Repent. Mm-hmm. Believe in the gospel. Oh yeah. Like, so it's not just that he is direct in the condemnation. He's also just as direct and just as blunt in the hope. Yeah. Um, and I, I love, love that from him. And again, like it's pragmatic. It's a fisherman. It it's, is. It is what it is. Well, and it's so cool to me that, so, G.K. Chesterton, in one of his many, many books, uh, I believe this one was was in Heretics, and, like, so obviously he wasn't talking about St. Peter being a heretic, so just to clarify that, but as, like, a counterpoint to some of the uh, human philosophies and things like that, he talked about the idea that, you know, uh, Jesus was very well aware of the fact that an organization is only as strong as its weakest link. And that's why he made Peter the rock. <laughs> like, P- Peter is, in a lot of ways, kind of a weak link among the apostles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's hard to, It's hard to say that out loud, but then, like, the, the next thing that I want to bring up is, like, the fact that Paul has to call him out because he starts backsliding and is and is kind of being peer pressured into yeah. by the by the Jews and you're like, hang on, like you're supposed to be the rock, the unmovable, and here yeah. you are being peer pressured, and that that's what and like so he wasn't the he wasn't intellectually the strongest, you know, uh, he wasn't the one who was actually quite frankly the closest to Jesus. We know that's John. Uh, you know, that the apostle whom mm-hmm. Jesus loved, like, you know, he wasn't in, in a lot of ways. I mean, heck, even the idea when Jesus named him the rock, there's a lot of people who talk about the fact that the, the other apostles are probably snickering at first, almost like taking it like Jesus is being is making up a, a joke here because Simon was not known for his consistency and his stability. 
Like, he was very subject to his emotions, to his anger, to his, you know, whatever's going on. Um, and yet, like, Jesus knew at the core who he was. Knew that he was, yeah, the one who was going to deny him. But also knew he was the one who was going to immediately regret that denial and dedicate himself mm-hmm. to feeding the sheep. And so, like, instead of it being, he he took the weakest link and made it the strongest. And I think that's what's so incredible about St. Peter and why I talk about St. Peter as being, you know, kind of my original, if he can be a saint, anyone can, candidate. And that's not intended as any kind of a slight on St. Peter. Like, he is the man. Like, I love him. But he also... You know, there's no shortage of examples, like almost every triumph of St. Peter in the Gospels either immediately follows or immediately precedes an incredibly humiliating moment. (laughs) Like we've talked about him on the boat. Jesus, command me to walk on the water. Okay, come out on the water. Here's this great moment of triumph. He's walking on the water, walking towards Jesus. For about a half step. And then just down he goes. But again, he has this straightforward humility, too, to instantly cry out for help and know Mm -hmm. that Jesus will save him. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is that is the story of Peter to me more than anything. Like he gets out of the boat. He walks. He goes where Jesus sends him. And he doesn't always get there immediately, but when he starts to stumble, when he starts to fall, he cries out to Jesus. Hmm. And even, I mean, like talking about, you could almost just do an episode on Peter getting out of the boat. Because again, after the resurrection, when Jesus appears at the side of the sea, once they realize that it's Jesus who's just told them to try fishing off of the other side of their boat. Peter doesn't wait for the boat to get to the shore. Yeah. Yeah. Diving in and swimming. Like. Yeah. Jesus is still his first love. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so I think that's to me like, and again, that is what immediately precedes the, do you love me? Then feed my sheep. Mm. Like Mm. Peter is still like, in the grips of the the guilt and the shame of having denied Christ. When he leaps out of the boat and goes swimming to him without any hesitation. Mm-hmm. Like, may we do the same for crying out loud, man. Right. Because for me, when I've made a mistake, I'm still trying to do the like six-year-old thing where I broke the lamp and so I'm going to hide it until I can glue it back together. Uh, and then <laughs> I'll go talk to mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Like... And Peter, on the other hand, like, and you can tell he's still torn up about what he did to Jesus by yes. how, how much it hurts him that Jesus keeps asking, do you love me? The frustration on the third ask is exactly. very evident where it's just like it, that one got through the soft stuff and hit the bone. And, and he was like, ah, <laughs> but so like, even still in the midst of all that, he doesn't run away. Mm-hmm. He like makes a mad dash through the water to him after being out all night fishing. Not an easy job, by the way. Yeah, no, I just, mm. I, 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 yeah. I, I'll talk for another three hours about Peter given the opportunity. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, to, to keep us from going three hours, we'll <laughs> jump in and we'll jump into some life lessons. Oh, and fine. <laughs> and for, for me, like his, Looking at looking at this and, and having this conversation, like he's really the life lesson from Peter for me is just seems like grace. Like like we're not expected to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Like we're not expected to do everything right, to look and do and say all the right things, because that never happens. Um and it's really just this keeping Jesus as your first love. And if you do that, then then Christ will manifest the Holy spirit manifests in your life. And, and because that's how, how 
how our God works. You know, it's, it's not about what you do or what you say or how you look. It's, do you love me? Yes. You know, I love you. Then, then feed my sheep. And then you, then you do that to the best of your ability and you're going to screw up and you're going to screw up again. And you, you ask for the forgiveness and, and you keep going because you love him and he asked you to do this thing. And so you don't stop. And that's, you just keep going and and eventually, and Peter, I think is just the perfect example of, of that, that grace that comes with doing the right thing the best you can, even if it's not perfect. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I think kind of building on that, uh, for me, like it does tie into that idea of Jesus as your first love, but like ultimately that tireless pursuit of Christ, even like, even when Peter missteps and steps in the wrong direction, like he doesn't waste time turning back around. He's like constantly moving forward, constantly in search of Jesus. And like, mm-hmm. if we can kind of build on that sense of the grace that God offers us and like allow ourselves that same grace as well to, instead of dwelling on our failures, because there are many and there will be many more instead of focusing on that, focus on the idea that, yeah, I fail to love Christ, but he never fails to love me. I mm-hmm. need to keep running towards him. Uh, and if mm. we can just keep that tireless pursuit, then our moments of weakness remain just that moments. They don't become the lifelong defining thing. Like mm. we've compared Peter to Paul, but one of the other really important comparisons for Peter to me is Judas. I was Be- just, I was, that was just kind of forming in my brain a little bit. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, boy, Peter could have left the cut after denying so embarrassed he could have just left he could have and not faced the disciples yeah like peter very much could have like he was in a lot of ways no less a betrayer than judas was Mm -hmm. on that night but the difference is peter's faith was never about him It was about Christ. And so even in the midst of that failure and that horrific moment of realizing that I did exactly what he told me I would, I denied him. He knew I was going to. The difference is like, because Jesus called Judas and Peter both out preemptively at the Last Supper. And one of them couldn't like recognize the fact that Jesus had still chosen him knowing what he was going to do. And the other could Peter was able to look at him and be like, Mm. Jesus knew I was going to deny him. And he still called me to sit at his table. How much does he love me? Now I'm not saying that's where he was immediately, but he's able to get there. Right. Judas is very focused on his own guilt, what he's done and doesn't seem to be able to look past it and see that in spite of the fact that Christ knew he was going to betray him, he still invited him to the table. Oh man. Holy crap. I never, (laughs) that was, that one is really good. like really good i never considered that because i i do remember i hadn't either until literally just now like the judas and and peter comparison like i i had heard before but it was like literally as i was talking it was like oh holy crap like they were both called out at that table and one of them came back to the table and one of them never could yeah and 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 that was one of the weird things because, like, I just moved from, from uh, I don't know, I think I did, well, I went from John to Acts. Well, either way. Okay. Uh, but I, a gospel to Acts, and so, like, I'm kind of, I just read, you know, again, the part where his 
you know, Judas's guts were poured out and everything. So that leaves a mark in your memory. When you yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, that. that's that's going to stick with you. But there was a scene like at the table to where like it didn't seem like like Jesus knew it. And it didn't seem like he was. I don't know, like I'm I'm. I'm rolling around with it like it like he knew it and like I I feel like there was an opportunity for Judas to reconcile even though what he did was really bad like we we make it seem like the crucifixion is his fault like he's the villain of the Jesus story but like he had an opportunity for redemption yeah and I don't and he didn't take it and now and I just never really like, I think I saw some of the dots, and you just connected a few dots in my brain. So, of course, I'm going to be processing it for a little while. But I'm like, holy crap, that, well. is an, that is an <laughs> excellent comparison, man. Of the two people who knew they were going to deny Christ, one came back and one couldn't. And that's the is, isn't that the difference? Largely. Like, at the end of everything that we do, that's going to be the difference. Yep. There's going to be a moment where... This person was able to come back. That person wasn't. They they yeah. couldn't they couldn't they couldn't make the choice to come back. They couldn't face it for whatever reasons. Oh man, we're all going to betray him. Some some of us will focus on our betrayal. Others will focus on the fact that he knew we were going to betray him and invited us anyway. <laughs> Freaking a. Oh, that was worth it. <laughs> Man. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm going to sit here and just stew for a little while, which doesn't make for good podcasting. So, no, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, dang it, man. Okay. Anyway, back on track. Um, dang it. <laughs> like, I'm just shook. I, I, my brain is just like, no, no, no. I don't want to do anything else. I want to process for a little while. Uh, but we but we won't let you make you sit here and listen to dead air as I contemplate all of these things. Uh, so if you enjoyed this conversation and if it impacted you as much as it just impacted me, obviously, uh, we hope you would would support our our mission of meaningful conversations by one joining a meaningful conversation. You know, reach out, connect with us. We'd love to love to talk uh we do highlight interviews where we you know talk to people about their their faith journeys so we would love to do that but also one of the ways to help continue um our mission of meaningful conversations is by buying a bag of of coffee uh you can go to the website at inkledo.com check out the blog see all the fun stuff that we're writing about usually in line with the podcast topics going a little deeper on individual things uh and then we have the shop there where we, we sell some delicious coffee. We would like to um, support your meaningful conversations with a delicious beverage. So if you would like to support us, that's the the way to do it. So we look forward to being able to roast you some delicious coffee and, and keep those meaningful conversations going. So with that, man, you got anything else on your brain? Nope, I think I'm set. Nope, you're good. All right, with that, everybody will say adieu. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to another Inkledoo podcast. We hope you really enjoyed it. We really enjoyed making it. If you did enjoy it, please do us a favor and make sure to share it on all your own social media so that other people can find us and enjoy us as well. 